We use high-quality audio for this podcast every week, but due to technical error, this week's message, Fear Not, is posted in lower quality. On the bright side, we think it sounds like you're right there in the room with us. So enjoy this message, and we will resume our high-quality audio next week. Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you that you are at work. I thank you for what you're doing, God, in this church. I thank you for what you're doing in our city. God, we thank you, Lord, that your church is meeting across the globe today. We ask, Lord, for churches across uh, America, across Kansas City, even across the nations, Lord Jesus, that you would be exalted and lifted up above all things. We ask, Lord God, that you would uh, now help us. Lord, to fix our eyes on you and to actually be transformed, that as a result of our gathering today, we would actually be different. Lord God, that there would be a supernatural transformation. Take what's natural and do something supernatural because you are among your people. We love you and we honor you and all of Radiant Church said amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, we'll use this as the launching pad for our series. I'm going to take just one phrase out of it this morning, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read out of the King James Version, and some that will probably be fairly rare, reading out of King James at Radiant Church. But for this day, because it's Christmas time, and this is the way that Linus said it, and this is the way that we've all memorized it, let's read out of Luke chapter 2 in the King James And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were sore afraid, sore afraid, sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You can imagine if you're the shepherds and you are probably on the lower end of the cultural spectrum. You're not, you're, you're sitting out taking care of shepherds. And suddenly there is a massive change. You're used to dark nights, hanging out with other shepherds. Not the greatest financial occupation of being a shepherd. Maybe you just one of the lower end jobs. And so all you're doing, your whole entire job is to keep an eye out on the sheep while the other people sleep. And big, massive change because you don't even have electric light. You're not used to any kind of light at night other than maybe just a lantern or a candle. And out of nowhere, the entire, I mean, angelic host light up the sky and fear not. And boom, that's a massive change. That's a massive, and if you were, so, if, you, if the sky was suddenly lit up, you'd be afraid. You'd be like, oh man, this is kind of scary. Actually, when we read through the entire narrative of Jesus coming to earth, the story of the birth of Jesus, there's multiple times where this phrase, fear not, is said. Because you have it right here where the angels say it to the shepherds. But when Gabriel visits Mary, says the angel says, fear not. Matthew chapter 1, the angel says to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Fear not. Don't be afraid. In fact, not only is it a lot in the 
story of Jesus' birth, but in through, the, through the entire scripture, we have over and over and over again this phrase, do not fear, do not be afraid. 365 times we have some form of fear not, don't be afraid. And so if you are a person that struggles with fear, you're not alone. Because when you read through this biblical narrative, it is obvious that we as the creation often look at our situation, our broken world, and the great temptation to live with fear and anxiety exists. So this morning where I want us to go is I want us to look at how do we live a fear not kind of life? How do we, in a sense, as the church of Jesus Christ, become fearless? What's the process? And sometimes it's easy for us to be, have all kinds of excuses, all kinds of reasons, blame it on personality. But in whatever circumstance you're in, you get to decide if you're going to walk with fear or without fear. And so even when circumstance may cause, there might be good reason, according to the ways of earth, to walk with fear. We get to be the people of God that live with peace. We get to be the people of God that live fearless. So um, in 1999, uh, I was leading this group, uh, uh, this uh, youth camp, and we had 100 teenagers that came from across the country. And I asked my brother Dan, who was a senior in high school, I was a senior in college, and I asked Dan to, to come and spend the summer with me. And, and uh, I said, hey, listen, I'm leading this. And I was, I was actually 22 years old. And, and the whole responsibility of the entire camp was on me. And Dan said to be a camper. I said, I don't need a camper. I need a leader. And so Dan was in high school, but he was one of the leaders. And so that's the story you're about to hear. Uh, so we decided that we would take all 100 kids. We're going to take them in Colorado down the rapids. We're going to go whitewater rafting. And we got to the top. We took buses to the top of the mountain. And when we got there, they said, hey, the water is higher than it's been in a long time. This is a very dangerous day. We do not recommend that you go down the river in the rapids today. It's a scary day. And Dan and I looked at each other. We said, let's try it. Let's go. <laughs> and so here I am. I'm the leader. Of the group. I'm I am the oldest person in the camp. I am 22 years old and I look like I'm 12. And I'm like, let's go. And so Dan and I decided that our, uh, our raft is going to be the first one to go down the river because we want to lead the way and, you know, I, we'll, we'll blame it on that. But we're going first. And so, and so Dan and I are in the front boat and we, we get to this rapid and all of a sudden we dump truck and one of the guides actually falls out, hits his teeth up against a rock. His two teeth fall out. He's bleeding. I look over, and like I'm up in the air, and Dan is like pulling. I mean, this teenage girl with his arm just trying to keep. She is in the water, and then you just watch the. I just, it's like it's forever in my mind. Just the last thing I saw before it goes black. <laughs> you know, and the, we dump truck, and so we're swirling. I'm trying, you know, the whole thing where you're trying to put your feet down and. And, I, and I, I, I mean, it's that moment of fear, like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm gonna, this is it, this is it, and, and now we meet Jesus, what's up? <laughs> what, it, what's my theology now? So, I mean, just that scary moment, we pull out of the water, and I get out of the water, Dan gets out of the water, and we're sitting there, and we turn and we look up, and you look up, and there's all these little rafts coming down, <laughs> empty. With little heads in orange 
what are the life preservers? Like life vests, bobbing up and down, <laughs> looking tan. There are, I mean, teenagers just all in the water. All of them hit that same rapid, dump truck, dump truck. And, and I suddenly was gripped with fear. I mean, I was picturing like parents of kids, lawsuits, am I doing funerals? I mean, I'm scared to death. And in that moment, I could not have been more gripped with fear. And my brother goes, this is awesome. <laughs> and in that moment, we had very different perspectives on the situation. That's my excuse to tell that story. So here's my, my thought. You and I, as we go through our journey, you're going to go through challenging season. The question is not if you're going to go through the dark night, if you're going to go through hardship. But are you going to walk by faith in the midst of it? Or will you live in fear? 365 times we have the word of God saying, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be able do, do not fear. Here's number one. Here's the one, the one anchor that we get. Here's the reason. Here's the why. The why behind the what. The what. Don't fear. The why. Don't be afraid. Why? How? Isaiah 41. So do not fear. Here's the reason. For. There it is. For I am with you. Bedrock at the heart of how we can be people without fear is this. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So here in this moment right here, you've got this. Why am I not going to fear? My temptation is to think the circumstance, the finances, the relationship that's broken, the politics, the government, my lack of Pick your reason, pick your story. And all throughout the scriptures, we have people hearing the word of the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Why? Why? Because I'm with you. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. That God with us. God among us. God with me. That's the reason. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present, present tense. Not just God past, not just God future, but present. God is presently on this day when I'm still full from Thanksgiving, still broke from Thanksgiving, scared to death about whatever. Present. God with me today. On this day, God with us and ever-present help and trouble. Therefore, the reason... Why will I not fear? He's with me. Ever present. It's all through the scriptures. 365 times. I'm not going to read all of them. Joshua 1.9. Famous one you put on your little boy's plaque in his room, right? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord is your God will be with you wherever you go. It's the why behind the what over and over again. Why should I not be afraid? You. Present tense, teenager, looking at your world, 20-something, looking at your university world, 30-something, looking at marriage and small kids world, 80-something, whatever your life is right now, what's the reason? It's not because of your circumstance, it's because of this. God, you're with me. Okay, so that's the anchor. Now, what's the process when you're tempted to live in fear? 
What's, what's the process? So that's the reason. That's the how. How do we, how do, what's the steps? Look at this. Pray through your fears. Like when you go through a circumstance where you're tempted to be fearful, the, the response, the what to do, how do I get, what, what do I actually do? Pray through your fears. Like say them. So Paul says to the church in Philippi, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That's the point. It's not logical. It's supernatural. It is not ignorant for the people of God to pray through their fears. The world looks at you and goes, you're cray-cray. You're little nuts. But you should be filled with fear. After all, look at the economy. Look at the government. Look at your, look at your paycheck. Look at your car. Your tire's flat. Whatever. But there's something in the Christ follower that says, I have thrown all of my anxiety, all of my fear on God. And the, in the midst of chaotic circumstance, I have peace. It's a supernatural activity. The temptation of the world is to say, answer all of your problems in a natural way. But the challenge of the Christ follower is, I'm not living in a natural way. I'm living in a supernatural way. And so no doubt about it, man, we, we, we live in a natural world. But we've got the God of the ages supernaturally on the inside. And so, woo, we've got supernatural answers for a natural world. God with us. God, I don't remember the rest of it. That's all I wanted to get. God for us. God around us. Whatever it was, I don't know. But that's not what we just saying. It's, it's God's activity. God's right here. I love this. Worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. Amen. Your temptation is to just stare at the dump truck. Everybody's going down and just be whatever is your river. You know, like... Your finances are wrong. The girl won't go out with you. Um, you know, you, you can't grow facial hair. Just my 19-year-old problems. Uh, just like whatever is your journey, the temptation is just to be like, I've got a reason to possess worry. I've got a reason to possess fear. Challenge is, is that if every person on the planet walks with that logic, then we do not have a fearless church. We have fear-filled people. Because this is not heaven. This is still a broken world. And if we live that way, you will never, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, you will never get circumstance exactly right. Every relationship perfect. The house just right. The money right. The Cheerios out of the car seats. You'll never get everything exactly like you want it. Circumstance will always have something broken. The challenge is in the midst of my circumstance, God with me. I will not be afraid. He is with me. God with me. I shall not fear. All our fret and worry are caused by calculating without God. Meaning, if I do the math in the natural, you will almost always have reason to fear. Pick your, pick your, your issue. The real estate problem, the politics problem, the financial problem, the family relationship problem. But if we have this determination, but God, God is with us. Worry means to strangle or to choke. I mean, that's what the word worry means. And it slowly chokes our the life out of us. Listen to the way that Peter says it. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
or I like the way that the Phillips translation says it, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him. For you are his personal concern. Listen to that. You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties on him. So since we've planted this church, my favorite day of the week is Sunday. I mean, I love seeing you guys. I look forward to Sundays. Our kids look forward to Sundays. I mean, Sundays can't get here fast enough. True story, last Sunday, we're driving home, and one of my kids says, I'm so sad. I said, why? They said, because it's Sunday night. It's my least favorite night of the week. Why? And they said, because we have to wait six whole days for Sunday again. Like, we love it. But second favorite day is Monday, because Monday is trash day. Let me explain. I'm not lying. In Colorado, I had a normal trash life. In, in, that sounded weird. Uh, that sounded weird. Uh, my trash accumulation was normal. That's what I meant to say. And so Renata and I, I mean, we, we had one little trash can. You know, we had our house, Colorado. Just we, just we looked like every other house on the street with normal amounts of trash. But somehow in planting this church with the pipe and drape and all the things that go in trailers and having teenage parties at our house, prayer meetings at our house, and all the food that's consumed and all the trash that's created, our amount of trash from Amazon, teenagers, and prayer meetings has literally filled up our lives with trash. <laughs> like I'm the trash man. Like I, and I spend so much time at the track. And so it's been a part of Renata's tech, our, our, our Monday texting conversation, Monday afternoon. A frequent text from Renata is this. How much of the trash did they take? Because we have started praying for Def and Bob. Like, oh God, just let Def and Bob trash take it all. And then, and then I'll just look out the window and look, and I'm just watching the little dude take it. I shouldn't say that. Hey, whatever. Medium dude, I don't know. The, the guy take it, and it's become a part of my prayer life. Like, just, like, because I mean, I'm throwing stuff out there. Like, I'm throwing stuff. I've never had a yard this big. I don't, in Colorado, I had this little tiny yard. In Kansas, it's like, hey, here's a plot of land. I mean, like, I'm a farmer now. Like, I'm, I'm throwing twigs and... I'm just, I'm just, and I'm just throwing it all on this trashy, it's got Amazon boxes. I mean, we have, the other night when Paul Barker did the youth thing at our house, I mean, we, they did a black, like, wear black party, and I mean, it was the weirdest things I've ever seen. It looked like, I mean, it was a Halloween, I feel bad for my neighbors, I'm like, oh, I preach about being the light of the world, but my neighbors are seeing 55 teenagers dressed in black around a fire at my house, and I'm like, oh Lord, I'm sure I'm not being the light on this street, but anyway, just crazy. Here's the idea, is this. It's just, we're just throwing it all out there. And you know what? Here's my message for today. It's like this. God is the cosmic trash can. You throw it all out there, and he's the trash man, and he says, I take it all. Like every Monday, only for him, it's every time you pray. You say, God, I'm throwing it up there. I'm throwing all my anxiety, my fear about finance. I'm throwing it on the heap. I'm just throwing it out there. God, my fear about a spouse. God, my fear about my education. God, my fear about... I just... And if you'll take it and just say, step one, I just throw it all on the, on the trash pile. Here's what happens. His shoulders are big enough. His, his, literally, his trash truck is big enough. Like, he can handle it. He is the omniscient, omnipotent God. He has all knowledge, all power, he can handle every fear that you possess. Yeah. And so God, 
I'm going to bring all my cares. I'm going to put it on you. He can handle it. Second thing is this. Step two is this. Worship your way through your fears. And I mean, actually, I want to invite you as your new pastor to actually turn off the things that create anxiety and fear. If you listen to talk radio, no matter if it's liberal or conservative, all day long, you will live in fear. <laughs> I'm just saying. If I did, I, I mean, if you listen to country music all day, you'll be depressed. Here's what I'm actually saying. I'm actually saying, fill up your cars, fill up your houses, fill up your earbuds with God with us, God for us, worship. In the midst of your difficult circumstance, God, I look to you. God, I will not fear. God, I will trust in you. On December 9th, 2007, I was a youth pastor at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. We had a shooter come onto our campus after church on a Sunday. And I was standing in the lobby, and I'll never forget seeing crowds of people running at me. I'd heard, I'd heard gunshots, and I didn't know they were gunshots, but I, heard, I, I didn't register that that's what it was. Suddenly people are walking, and the shooter was not far away. I just remember looking and seeing all these people running toward us. I was standing in the entryway of uh, our fellowship hall area, and all these people are running towards me. And, and I'll never forget the dynamic of working with families when we've had people die right there that week. Rachel and Stephanie Works were two teenagers that had actually been in the, the internship that my brother and I led. And, and, and these teenage girls were, died that day. And others were wounded. And suddenly as a church, we were asking this question, are we going to even survive? Like, will anybody ever want to walk onto this campus again? I mean, Fox News, CNN have just shown our campus as a campus with terror. I mean, with blood and people dying. And it was painful and it was crazy. And on Wednesday night, we had a service where we gathered together. And it was packed, just jammed out. And it was, a, it was a good meeting, but there was a moment where it became a great meeting. Because after some of the ceremony had gone on, John Egan got up and he sang his recently written song, We Will Overcome. And I'll never forget the supernatural activity that took place in the room the night where thousands of people who had been filled with fear started to proclaim, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And you could feel faith rise up. You could see a community that said, we will not live in fear. We refuse to have fear control us. And something supernatural took place as we worshipped our way through the darkest valley. You will go through dark valleys. Number one, pray through it. God, I, I look to you in the midst of this. And I and name it to him. I mean, petition. God, have your way. I give it to you. I say it to you. And then fill up your car. Fill up your earbuds with... I look to the Lamb, worthy is our God. Praises to, pick your song, let's sing to God. Right here in the text, right here, can you imagine Mary, Luke chapter 1, Gabriel, you are with child, and that child is God, birthed by the Holy Spirit, and you're an unwed teenage girl hearing that story. You're going to give birth to 
the perfect human being, the only one that will ever live. Your job will be to raise him up and marry. You feel like saying, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Can you imagine Mary? The potential to live with fear, the overwhelmed. And in Luke 1, we have Mary's song where she says, My soul to the glorify the Lord. In the midst of whatever you're walking through, God, I trust you. God, I look to you and sing through it. I mean, actually, Philip, whether you're singing it, Filling up, your, filling up your cars with worship music. Worship your way through the valley. The valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Last one is this. You make the choice. You choose it. I choose resolution. I will not live in fear. I'm tempted to, but I have made this decision. As for me, straight ahead. Hebrews says it this way. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And then listen to the writer of Hebrews. What can mere mortals do to me? See it? Come on. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I've got one life, and I'm not going to live it in fear. And it's a choice. And in circumstance after circumstance, one, pray your way through it. Two, worship your way through it. Three, make a choice. As for me and my house, we will not live in fear. As for me and my marriage, we will not live in fear. As for me, a college student. As for me, a junior high school student. As for me, you pick your story. I am not going to live in fear and make the choice. Renata and I and our kids were driving uh, westbound on I-70. We were driving from Kansas City. After Thanksgiving, uh, one year, no, not after Thanksgiving, it was uh, in the summertime. Uh, we were driving back to Colorado Springs. And so, and so I think it was August, and there was a tornado watch. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody was kind of freaking out about tornadoes. And as we were stopping along the way, people were saying, hey, there's a tornado. And so, you know, I was just kind of the dumb guy. I was like, oh, we'll be fine. Just keep on going. And, and, uh, and then, man, everybody started pulling over to the shoulder of the road. And, and you started to feel, you know, the, the car kind of go back and forth. And so Renata and I were suddenly gripped with fear. And we decided to do what everybody was doing. We pulled over on the shoulder of the road under uh, one of the bridges. And we're, we're sitting there and, and we're just watching, you know, as like everybody comes to a standstill. And there's just massive fear trying to listen to the radio on our phones, trying to figure out where exactly the tornado is. And we start to feel, you know, like the, the back of the car kind of go up like that. Super scary feeling. And I'm like just scared to three years ago, and so my son Justice, who is now three, out of nowhere, just starts singing in the midst of all of the fear in the car. Justice, three years old, starts singing, in his car seat, starts singing, don't be afraid of the storms. Don't be afraid of the storms. Change the environment in a moment. We just started singing the spontaneous prophetic song sung by the three-year-old. <laughs> Don't be afraid of storms. Don't be. Change the dynamic. Let me tell you this. When we as Christ's people start to live without fear, it changes the culture. Paul prays in Ephesians 6. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me that I might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Imagine that writing as a, I mean, a prisoner with, I mean, the chains on your wrists 
and you're not talking about, pray also for me that these chains will come off my wrists, but instead of pray also for me that I will be fearless, without fear, in the midst of being in prison. He's talking about being fearless. God, through miracles, for a people that are fearless. A.W. Tozer wrote, a scared world needs a fearless church. And my prayer is that we, this Christmas, look to our God. Whatever valley, whatever challenge, I will not fear. For you are with me. Emmanuel, God with us. We close your eyes and bow your heads and let's pray together. Father, we as your people, we just confess it's as easy to preach and hard to live. It's easy to sing and hard to live. I just pray for this radiant family. And I pray that they would know that you are with them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would sense, know in their mind and in their hearts. financial challenge, God is with me. In that relational tension, God is with me. And everything that seems to be broken, my car, my house, God is with me. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that today, we, just like weak, broken people that live in a world where we are so tempted to be afraid, supernatural work we pray now just with eyes closed heads bowed maybe today you're someone that your only strength is not God your only strength is you because you've been living for yourself today you want to put your faith in God and have his strength become your strength and his life for your life. And you want to walk a supernatural existence instead of bound to being all about you. So today, if you want to just make a decision, I want to be a Christ follower. I want to, I want to follow Jesus. I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. sending your son Jesus to live the life I could not live and have not lived so that I could spend eternity with you and I ask that you would come be in me forgive me of my sin Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at RadiantChurchKC.com.